You're listening to Fit Girl, your guide to getting in shape, the podcast dedicated to helping you separate fact from fiction in fitness. For more details about this podcast and other episodes, visit fitgirlpodcast.com. This is podcast episode number 291. In this episode, how to create the workout for strength that was described in the last podcast, food cravings that have a source and cause that will surprise you. And meditation is done wrong on YouTube? I'll tell you what that means. I'll explain the way that you should think in order to change your self-talk. So there's about five podcasts that I did recently that were not uploaded to the server correctly, something with my old server, I don't know. Anyways, they're not there right now, but I'll be uploading them. So in case you're wondering what happened to them, they'll be back up and going soon. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was meditation. And I know that might sound weird, but meditation is also part of motivation because it is part of retraining your brain and getting into your subconscious mind. Sometimes people will listen to different meditations as they fall asleep or just to help them relax. And I noticed on YouTube, there's a lot of different things that have I am affirmations and different videos such as that. And as I started looking at some of them, I realized that they really weren't done in the correct tense. They're putting the I am statements as something in the future. And for your subconscious mind to really accept these as 100% true, because we know it does accept everything that you think and say as true, it won't change if it's in the future. So it has to be in the positive present tense. So to say I am doing this, it's not the same as I do this. So even though it might not feel comfortable for you to say, I love to exercise. That's going to make your subconscious work positively for you to, maybe you don't like exercise, but it's going to make it work positively for you to exercise and try to motivate you to exercise because you're saying that you love exercise. Now, if you say, I'm going to make myself love exercise, it just doesn't really understand what that is. It's not very powerful and that's not going to really retrain your brain. So I'm really quite surprised that a lot of these different affirmation type, meditation type, videos, and I guess there's audio ones too with uh, podcasts, I'm sure, aren't really framing those sentences the right way. Now, I know you might be wondering, well, you're just a trainer. How do you know this? Or what makes you think that you know this? Well, I've actually studied a lot of subconscious mind and self-help, self-improvement, you know, the way the whole mind works, because that is part of how I work with my clients, trying to change some of that negative self-talk so that they can actually support themselves and that way they can reach their goals. And Most people do not notice how negative they are in terms of themselves. That's why we always go through some sort of motivation talk here on the podcast, because if you are not believing and supporting yourself in your brain, then it's not going to manifest into your body and your actions. So you can have the best nutrition program, you can have the best workout program, but if you don't have the support of your subconscious, it's going to actually do something to sabotage you because you're not congruent with your thoughts. So that's why this is probably the biggest reason why most people don't get in shape. They don't change the way they think about themselves and their body, and they don't make it to where they believe themselves. They might just kind of say it kind of fake, maybe half-ass, whatever. They don't believe it. And you have to really keep repeating these things. They are going to be uncomfortable. If you hate exercise and all of a sudden you're saying, oh, I love exercise, it's not going to be real convincing. But as you keep saying it, and it usually takes 21 days to form a habit, I like to round that up to 30. As you keep saying it, your subconscious mind is going to start to accept it as true. But you can't go flip-floppy. You can't one day say, I love it, and the other day I say, I hate it. You just have to be consistent with changing your self-talk. So if you like to write your own affirmations, I think that's great. But think about 
how you write them and make sure they're that present tense. I mean, obviously they're going to be positive, but they definitely need to be present tense. And I think we forget that when we start adding these ings to things like I'm going to do this or I will be like this, that's not the same as I am this right now. And this is also where we kind of go back and say, well, look at what you wrote down for your thoughts. Are these thoughts helping, supporting you? Or are they just completely destroying any efforts you're trying to make to improve yourself? Because it definitely does start in the mind. So with that in mind, I, <laughs> no pun intended, I have created some meditations and some I am affirmations for YouTube as well. Some of them are going to be on the Strong and Powerful site. A couple of them will be on the Fitness Makeover site because I just didn't really want to inundate Fitness Maker with too much meditation stuff. And I know that there's a whole lot of people that want these in different ways and structures. So most of it will be on the Strong and Powerful one. That way you can kind of get some of them and see how they're really supposed to be written, how that I am in a positive present tense statement is really supposed to flow. Now, as an example of this, some of them used sentences such as, I am making healthy choices every day. Well, it really needs to be, I make healthy choices every day. I do this right now, not I'm making them, I'm kind of throwing them out there in the future. And along that same line, my body is getting stronger every day. Well, no, your body is strong right now. It does get stronger every day. It's not getting stronger or about to be stronger. It, it is right now. Another example is, I am creating a healthy future for myself. Well, again, that needs to change to, I create. That's an action word right there. It's not creating in the future. I create a healthy future for myself. Now, the main thing for these things to sink in is they have to be consistent. And if you do kind of jump off the wagon and end up saying something negative, you really do have to work a little bit more on replacing it with the positive present tense statements to help kind of wash it away from your subconscious mind. And that's where I think some of these meditations, or you can just think of them as subliminal hypnosis, or I don't know what they want to call them, but basically just helping to retrain your brain. It is helpful at night because your brain shuts down and it's not having all these external distractions. It's not hearing things that are inappropriate. Even if you don't pay attention, sometimes your subconscious will pick up things that people are saying around you and you might not even be aware of it. Listening to these types of things or even saying these affirmations before you go to sleep really helps to embed that into your subconscious mind so that it's going to learn it faster. I would definitely recommend doing some of them before you go to bed and maybe just making it your own little ritual to say, okay, you know, I'm going to turn off the phone. I've got my list of maybe just five affirmations. Say, I commit to nourishing my body with healthy foods. I embrace exercise because it helps me to accelerate my progress. I am healthier every day. Things like that, just to remind you and to help reinforce it. And if you want the longer versions or some of the deep sleep and the frequency healing, I'm kind of combining all of these because I think they really do work well together, the frequency healing and the meditation and the sleep music, then go check them out on the YouTube Fitness Makeover or Strong and Powerful. Now, at some point in time, we all deal with food cravings, especially for sweets. And sometimes it's a visual thing. Sometimes it's a smell. Sometimes it just happens and you don't even know why. And we've talked about how food cravings can come from an imbalance in the nutrients that you're taking in. If you're leaving out certain food groups or trying to cut carbs, your body may be needing more of them and it will cause you to crave different foods. 
doesn't necessarily make it only sweets, but you know, you'll still be craving things. So the bottom line is that if you are craving something, your body is missing something. And when I was going over some of the information for the last podcast, I was surprised to learn that cravings for sweets can actually mean that you're thirsty. With all of the other ways we think of food cravings, we definitely don't usually think of thirst as being like the first one. That's not usually the first on the list there. But actually, when you're dehydrated, your organs aren't working correctly. So things such as the liver, which actually uses water to release glycogen that's stored in you and other components that your body needs for energy, won't work right. And you'll actually start to get cravings for food. I thought that was really interesting because, again, I never would have associated the two. You might crave something sweet. You might crave something salty. But sweets end up being the more common of the two, which, again, I would think is the opposite. But I would think it would be salty ones. But anyways, the sweets are more common because your body is having a difficult time breaking down that glycogen to release it into the bloodstream for fuel. So again, it's missing something. It's not necessarily food, but it's the water. Just plain old water is what you need. So that's a lot of times why when people are dieting and they say you're craving something or you feel hungry, have a big glass of water. So it fills you up a little bit. But also, if you're dehydrated, and remember we talked about how you can't really sometimes feel that you're dehydrated, but if you are and you're craving sweets, that might just solve the problem. So it's kind of twofold. Number one, you give your body what it's really asking for, which is hydration. And number two, you avoid breaking down and eating something you might not be supposed to eat or you might regret eating. So that was just a little tidbit to remind you that Thirst can show itself in many different ways and to pay attention to it and try to make sure you're never thirsty because then you're actually already dehydrated. Just keep a lookout if you have a food craving, have a big glass of water because that just might be all you need. Now in episode number 290, we talked about training for strength in order to let your body start burning more fat and increasing the metabolism. And I also did a video on it on YouTube which was, oh gosh, what was the name? (laughs) Is that terrible? I can't remember. Unlock your fat burning potential with the right program. And I spelled it out for you. How many sets, how many reps, how much rest you need to do. And I know at the end of the last podcast, I said, you're probably having questions. So how many exercises and what to do? So we're going to get into that right now. So basically to set up your workouts for strength, you're going to have one main exercise for the body part. You're going to have a secondary exercise for the larger body parts, which means if you're doing, let's say, the smaller ones like biceps and triceps, you're only going to have one main exercise that you're doing. But your bigger body parts like back and legs, you're going to have a secondary exercise. So that means that your main exercise is the one you're going to have the most sets on. So depending on whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, you're going to have anywhere from two to eight sets. And that's going to be on your main exercise. So for example, let's say you're doing legs and you're training for strength. You're going to be doing squats or deadlifts. That's going to be your main exercise with the greater amount of sets that you're working on. And that's the one that you're going to do a warm-up for. And that's the one that you're going to really make sure you're increasing your weight for. Your secondary exercise is not necessarily one that you have to do with the same amount of sets. It's just kind of to make sure everything's a little more balanced. So for example, in legs, if you're doing squats, then you would want to do something more for the hamstring. So whether it's the lying leg curl or Romanian deadlifts, anything that would work more of the hamstrings and not the overall leg. So even though you could do something like lunges, 
I mean, that would certainly be appropriate, but you're just trying to balance things out with those larger body parts. And with back, let's say you're doing pull-ups or you're doing as many as you can, or maybe you're just hanging there and then you switch to front pull-down to get stronger on that so that you can do better on your pull-ups. Well, then your second exercise would be some sort of rowing type exercise or vice versa. If you're doing the row, maybe the barbell row for your strength, then maybe some sort of high pulley exercise or something with any of the pulleys with your hands in a different position. Because usually if you're doing barbell row, your hands are going to be prone. So they're facing the floor. So your second exercise would be something where your hands are parallel. So yes, it could be a one-arm dumbbell row, but that is kind of repetitive. I would think more along the lines of the seated cable row or even a seated row machine where your hands use the parallel grip. And that's kind of balancing out because that's a large body part and there's more aspect to it. Now, your shoulders, your biceps, your triceps, they're small. They're getting hit with all of these other body parts. So just one exercise is fine for that. Now, chest is kind of in between. If you wanted to do a pressing movement and a fly movement, you could. If you wanted to only do the pressing movement, that's fine too. It just depends on how your shoulders are. Some people can't really handle doing a lot of pressing movements, kind of gets their shoulders over fatigued. That can cause problems too. And that's also why it's important to do your rotator cuff exercises. Remember, I had that really good video on YouTube that you should go watch because I had really, really cool graphics about the shoulder and the rotator cuff and how you should train the shoulders to get the most out of it and to keep it healthy. Now, remember, when you're making your workouts, you do want to stick with the same exercise, at least for your primary exercise, the one that you're gaining strength with, for at least four weeks, because it usually takes that long for the body to start to adapt. And again, it's going to depend on whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced. Advanced, you're probably going to have smaller increments of strength, so you're probably going to have that four-week time span. If you're a beginner, you're going to be jumping very quickly in strength and you can actually extend that four-week plan to about six weeks or even eight weeks because you'll still be progressing before you hit a plateau. And this is also why it's very important to keep a log so that you know what weights you're using so that if your next program then focuses on, let's say, deadlifts with a lunge for your secondary exercise, then you're going to want to know when you come back to squats where you left off. You're not always going to start where you left off. You'll probably start a little bit lighter than that. But again, you need to know what your goals are. And if you don't write it down, you're definitely not going to remember. Anybody that tells me they're going to remember their workout in the gym, they're not working hard enough because you've got to write it down. And that way you can also motivate yourself because you're referencing, okay, the last program I did, this was eight weeks ago because you did the squats on four weeks, you're doing the deadlifts for four weeks, and let's say you're going back to the squats. And this is part of what's called periodization. You're switching things up. That's a whole other topic. But basically you can't do the same thing forever. You've got to mix up the exercises. You've got to mix up the reps. You've got to mix up the tempo. There's so many different factors, but you just have to mix it up, but not necessarily every single workout. Unless you're just training you know, for fun and for maintenance, then fine. You can change it every single workout. But if you're really trying to make progress and really trying to alter your metabolism and get that strength, then yes, you need to kind of stay on the same thing for a couple of weeks and not change it every workout. So the most important thing to remember with this program, doing workouts for strength, is that yes, you're going for strength. All right, you're trying to get your metabolism up. You're trying to increase lean muscle tissue so that it will help facilitate the weight loss. You're not trying to look for like really chiseled shape. That's going to come anyway, but make sure you're focusing on strength. Now, in the one sense, some people say, oh, it's so boring to do the same set of the same exercise. Yes, but you're trying to increase your weight each set. And that's not boring or increase the number of repetitions you do with that weight each set. And that's not boring because you're looking for progress. 
when you get to the advanced stage, it, yeah, maybe it is a little bit just because you don't have that much of an incremental change in either the number of reps you do or the weight. But then when you're at that level, you still kind of realize that it's how much effort you're putting in, how much you feel. And, you know, was it a good solid rep? Was it a sloppy one? Was it one that you could have done better? Maybe the repetitions were slightly cheated or maybe they were just really strong. So these are all things, again, you can keep notes on so that, you know, well, yeah, maybe I was using that weight, but it was really a struggle and it may seem like I should be able to do more, but that was really a struggle. So I got to stick with that and keep working on it. Once you get stronger, your metabolism is going to boost. You're going to start seeing changes in your body and of course in your overall strength. And that's going to be a great motivating factor for future workouts. In the next episode, we'll talk about keeping a log and what type of body part splits you can use with this strength program. I know this was a short one, but I just had to really give you that information about how to make up your program so you can get going on that right now. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to giving you all the insights to help you reach all of your goals and to help you get your best body ever. For more details about this podcast and other episodes, visit fitgirlpodcast.com. 